0: Because uh, you and Jalen said a shit around today, don't let us win one. Obviously, just one game, but now what? Now we just got to go win another. That's all that matters.
1: You know, we take it one game at a time. You know, we understand, you know, um,
2: the the odds are stacked against us. But uh, we're a team that, that believes in us no matter what, and we just got to keep going, and all that matters is the next game.
0: Like, right now, you know, obviously we underperformed in the last three games, and you start to hear all these stories come out about X, Y, and Z, who knows where they actually come from, and 99% of them is not true at all. So, you know, we wanted to stay together, and I think that was the emphasis last night um, before we played today, was make sure we was on the same page. Um, we didn't want to come out and, and, and lay an egg. We wanted to come out and play together. Want to come out trust each other, come out play some defense, have some pride about yourself, and find a way to win a game.
1: Yeah, we just... Uh... You know, everybody was in good spirits, right? Everybody was upbeat. Uh, and, you know, as cliche as it sounds, you know, we just tried to take it one game at a time. You know, we tried to break it down of, uh, you know, we, we didn't play well those first three games. We didn't deserve the win. Um, but, you know, we didn't want that to define us, define the season. Um, and we still got a long uphill battle to go, you uh, but tonight was a good start, right? And, uh, you know, just try to carry this momentum towards Thursday. Jimmy, it's only one loss, obviously, but is there
3: any concern on your part that this could start to build momentum on the Boston
1: side yeah, we of things? Just,
2: uh, no. If anything, yeah, it'll build momentum for us, knowing case. that we have to put a lot more energy. Upbeat. And, um, you know, we got to put, like, our backs are against the wall. Um, but I, I think all year long we've been better and ever able to do things our way.
3: Alright, Rita, let's just start off with this. Uh we know who's been working on biceps in the gym. Okay, Jimmy. We get Not it. me? We. Not me? And, and, and you two, you two, you and Jimmy with the flex, just like, oh, I just decided to put this tank on. I just oh 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 what, you know, and every now and then, and every now and then his biceps, they just kind of flex on their own. Yep. They kind of have their own language. I, I you know, last night at the free throw line, I'm going to talk about Celtics uh, heat obviously off the top, but last night I was watching him at the free throw line and and he knows the cameras are on him. He's just sitting there at the line and he's holding the ball for an extra second and then he just kind of you know, cuz I got biceps too, you know, he just kind of gives it <laughs> an extra little. He gave a little extra pop. We know. We know. You are a supremely conditioned, unbelievably, remarkably conditioned athlete. And I wouldn't say the Celtics are in a remarkable position right now, Rita, but now we know they have life. Yeah, this is all. I, I I don't know what you took from last night. This is what I took from last night. They still want to play. That's all I can say. Last night meant they still want to play basketball because after game three. I wasn't sure if they had, a lot of them had summer homes in Miami. And let's just, hey, we're here already. We're already down zip three. Let's just uh, wrap this thing up in 48 minutes. Can't take it to overtime. 48 minutes is our maximum tonight. And then we'll go home, swept away for the season. So now we know the Celtics want to play. And I ask you, Rita Hubbard,
4: the NFL chick, what's next? Now what? That's a good question. I mean, I'm glad that they showed up. Um, You know, thank you, I guess, and an elimination game that you absolutely needed to keep your season alive. But where were you the other three games? You are the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. The Heat didn't even win one of their first play-in games. Like, they're the eighth seed and yet they are overachieving, and they want it more than you. As Boston, you're clearly the more talented team, and yet you have looked like you're the eighth seed, and they're the two seed. Huh. They're being outcoached. They're being outplayed. I mean, I'm glad that they're here, that they finally decided to get off the bus because it gave us some entertainment value. Of course, when I said, I'm not going to watch this game because this is, I'm, I'm not going to even... Put myself in this position. Of course, they find a way to win the game, but ultimately, it really comes down to what Jason Tatum has been able to do in elimination games. Apparently, you know when he's up under uh, for elimination, he has these phenomenal games, even better than his regular season games. So it, it appears that you have to really put the pressure on them for them to maximize their potential, because we know that they are—they're their own worst enemy. And I've always said this about the Celtics because the talent is absolutely there. Obviously, coaching, we we put a lot of pressure on Missoula because of the situation that he's been thrown into um, after what happened this offseason. But the players still play. And they should have been able to easily find a way to overcome something sooner than game four, right? So the question is now... Do you win three straight? And I like the ideal that one of the players said in which, look, we got to take this one game at a time. We can't really say I'm going to find a way to string three. You just got to do the next one. And then when you win that one, because you're going to be at home for game five, obviously. And then you got to find a way for the next one. Now, obviously, that's going to be in Miami. So that's going to be a little bit harder. But then you can say, hey, look, we had a game four in Miami, and we had to win that game. So now we can find a way to to do this again, but one game at a time. But is it too little too late is what I'm concerned Mm. about. Right. Right. And
3: and I think, you know, I've said this before about NBA playoff series. I like when people stop being fake. I mean, I just like that in, in relationships anyway. Stop yeah. being fake, and then what are you really like? I've always, when I start my, uh, when I start my dating business, when I help people out, you know, that's down the road. When I start my dating business, <laughs> I'm gonna advise, I'm gonna advise people on the first date. I'm gonna just get right there. First date or second date? Let's just get right in there. You need to ask this potential candidate. What are you like when you're crazy? What are you like when you're mad? I want to see you at your worst because now you're being all nice. Everything's all nice. What are you like when you really get pissed off? And so I think what we're about to see is the real Celtics and the real Heat because, Rita, I'm telling you, they don't really respect one another. They don't. they're, They're giving lip service to it. When they went up three zip, Eric Spolster said, We have deep respect for them. No, you don't. You're lying. You're lying. Don't. You don't have, to, you don't have deep respect for them. And then the Celtics are in this position because they didn't have respect for the Miami Heat. They're down three yep. one because they've looked down on them. Like, oh my God, we're just going to come in here and we're going to beat you in five games because you're not that good. You don't belong here. We do. And so they don't really have respect for And this goes back. It's not just these, these uh, two current teams. It goes back. I looked this up earlier today. Just I was like, am I remembering this right? Did Pat Riley 10 years ago really put out a statement? Uh, think about this, Rita, a corporate statement. Who, who, who writes this on corporate letterhead? Saying about somebody else, you need to shut the F up. So, <laughs> Pat Riley wrote that about the Celtics and Danny Ainge. Danny said something about LeBron with the Heat. He was on the Heat. Pat Riley heard about it, released a statement through the team's communications department. Danny Ainge needs to shut the F up and worry about his own team. This is a look it up fact check me on this and that he said crazy. he's just a whine, He's just a whiner. I know it because he was like that when he played. Ooh, so like LeBron and Paul Pierce when they were with when, when LeBron was with Miami like there's this goes back and so game five is really going to come out especially if the Celtics win game five. Yeah, if Because the Celtics and win game five. That's when I say it's a series. It's not a series yet. It's a series if they win game five.
4: I agree with that. I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, right, I feel like it's given it, it, it's not on life support anymore. The series is not on life support anymore. You know, we found a way to resuscitate the series and get a heartbeat out of the Boston Celtics in this regard. But I agree with you. Game five is really going to tell us if the Celtics are really back in the fold of this thing or if that was just, oh, we got to find a way to, to wheel our way through it. But for me, I really feel like, Holly, that you have to find a way to get J- Jason Tatum to be the alpha guy. When he's the person that is on fire, when he's the one that's leading the way, I feel like Boston is in the best position to win. And of course, we saw that from him last night. And so i'm curious to know why that wasn't something that they weren't necessarily implementing consistently throughout the series to begin with i mean i'm glad that you finally found a way to get him to be the one that's the intricate part of what you were trying to do but i don't know why you did why it took you to literally have your backs to the wall to do that so i would think that this would be the blueprint moving forward because when jason tatum is on there's i mean he told you himself i mean i'm considered one of the greatest basketball players in the world and he's not wrong but i think yeah. that you have to let him be the person to guide you through this right because he's the one that's going to well. put you in a better position to win that series but uh you know i i agree with you i i like the realness i like i like authenticity which is why i like jimmy butler a lot because i feel like that he is very authentic right. uh so if y'all don't each other. You ain't got to lie to us. You ain't got to lie, crazy. Don't lie. Okay? Tell us the truth. If, if we don't like <laughs> it too, right. how about you play like it too? Show us. Give us a little razzle yeah. dance while you out there. If, if y'all don't care for each other in, in real life, because we we like all the drama that also comes along with things that goes on on the court.
3: <laughs> See, I, I'm going to be the fair arbitrator here. I'm going to, as I arbitrate this case, the case of Heat v. Celtics. I'm going to try to be a. Fair arbitrator and say now you said off the top that the heat are an eight seed. Okay, an eight seed in number and number only. but they were here last year. They were here last year. It was Celtics versus heat and the heat. Not only were they here last year. They had home court advantage last year. So I would say you say if the Celtics underachieved, I say the heat underachieved in the regular season for a number of reasons injuries, whatever it is trying to find their way and now they're properly achieving and the Celtics have underachieved a bit in this series, but I'm going to say that's maybe 60% them and 40% Miami. I need to put some, you said put some respect on Denver's name. I'm going to yeah. put some respect on Miami's name. They yes. do have, if I'm, if I'm just going head to head. They've got the better head coach. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Joe Mazzulla. Uh, Eric Spolstra Uh, he's in a not only he he's he left the graduate program about five years ago, now he's on his second doctorate, his second (laughs) coaching doctorate. Okay. So this is they got the superior coach in Eric Spolstra. Although I think Jason Tatum is a better player than Jimmy Butler, first team All NBA guy, second team all NBA guy, and Jimmy Butler, first team Tatum, in big game situations. Wow, uh, Jimmy Butler has been incre- Jimmy Butler has been better this postseason than most NBA players. Yeah, mm-hmm. ha- I mean, like he's been better than everybody. Yeah, uh, you know, Jokic, well, all those triple doubles. Jokic and Jimmy Butler are in the same yeah. conversation in the postseason. So you you add that in, and then you talk about knowing who they are and the ability to close quarters and close games and not melting down in the final two or three minutes. These things, these details matter when you get later in the season. So I don't think it's just a matter of all the Celtics messed around. Now that they're focused, they're gonna run off three more victories. The Miami Heat have something to do
4: with Boston's problems. It's not just all Boston. You agree? Yeah, no, for sure. And I I feel like, you know, the Heat has been the most consistent team outside of the Nuggets this entire you know, postseason. They've been who they've been, and it's worked for them. They haven't had a lot of ebbs and flows. They haven't had a lot of inconsistencies, and that's why they're in the position that they're in, and I know that a lot of people don't really love to give coaches a lot of respect in the NBA, because a lot of people feel like players are the ones that really drive, you know, how they win games, but I really want to shout out Coach Bow. I really feel like he's a big part of what they do. I think that he had changed some things and, and, and started using and some analytics in addition to his coaching and it's really helped what they've done and you know you you still don't have your full starting five you don't have Tyler Hero so you're still being able to do this and i believe hero is what their third leading scorer on the heat so i you know you're able to do all of these things without all of your guys yes Jimmy Butler has been phenomenal, but in addition to Jimmy Butler, Coach Poe, I think, has also been able to keep these guys afloat and keep these guys consistent at what they do best. To me, that is the difference. And maybe one day, Missoula will get there, and maybe this, series will help him grow up in that regard right time will still tell we still got uh, you know at least one more game to see how this will go but for now the the expert the one who's been there and done that is showing the youngin hey this is how you do it when you have talent this is how you get the best out of your guys and that's what's happening i'm
3: so i'm so glad you said that about eric spolstra i mean he comes from You know, he's got NBA bloodlines and not on the court, but off the court. I think his father was in Portland uh, back in the day, uh, working in basketball operations, uh, John Spolster. And so Eric is really, he's like, he's like a film nut. I mean, he's a video game guy. He's a video coordinator guy. That's how he got started. And so he is a guy who is used to kind of scrutinizing what a team does and breaking it down. Uh, You know, like one of those, one of those people, you know, I'm not one of them, but one of those people who like to, take things apart to see how they work and then put them back together again. Once (laughs) I take them apart it's done and once they're apart, I can't put it back together. Okay, I'm just I'm just not I'm not that guy, but he is like that and I think uh, it it really gives his team whatever team he's coaching and for his career has been the Miami Heat. It gives them an advantage and the best thing I can say about him. This is what you know, you got a really good coach. He gets the maximum out of the roster. So if the roster is supposed to win 45, he'll win 45 or maybe even 48. If it's supposed to win 50, he'll win 55 or 60. He gets the maximum out of it. And he's a Pat Riley guy too. I mean, really, if you think about Heat culture, Rita, Heat culture like people will try to define what it is. I was thinking about this earlier. He culture is really what Pat Riley did with the Knicks. Yeah, so Pat Riley with the Knicks. They had one superstar number one overall pick Patrick Ewing. Add another lottery pick to it. It's Charles Oakley. So Patrick Ewing back in the day. Now that's Jimmy Butler. Other lottery pick. It was Oakley back in the day. Now it's Bam Adebayo. Then you get a bunch of dudes who are kind of a-holes. <laughs> and, and, and they got a little edge. And they're mad. They like They're on their fourth or fifth team. They weren't drafted. Somebody didn't believe in them. Some coach, some media member and they just walk around with an edge. So there's there's uh, Gabe Vinson and Struess. Strews was cut by the Celtics. The Celtics picked Taco Fall over Max Strews. Taco Falls out of the league. Max Struess playing the conference finals. They picked a couple of guys over him. Taco Fall and Javante Green. You're not familiar. Right, right. Got it. That's the point. So he's mad. <laughs> so you got Vincent, you got Strews, you got Duncan Robinson, you got Caleb, all these dudes. they just mad. Yeah. Okay? And 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 so they go out there and they play within the edge and they know who they are. Yep. That's what he culture is. They know who they are. They don't expect anything. They're not entitled. They just want to come in and drink up all your liquor and uh and put their feet on your couch.
2: <laughs> they wanna do
3: all that.
4: My favorite people are the scrappy people that feel like they got something to prove. They, they are my favorite yeah. people. They're, they're always going to find a way to overachieve always or at least but they, at the very they, least be a part of what it is that you're trying to do from a winning perspective.
3: I like that. But those are the hardest people to joke around with too. Cause you want to joke oh, around true. with them. Like well, what you mean? Hey, what you mean yeah. by that?
2: So what you person. saying? Uh, <laughs> hey, it's just a
3: joke. I mean, it's just, I love you. It's just a, I'm just joking. If, can you Very laugh? True. You don't
4: laugh. I but know you. You, you achieve. Bootstraps. When it's time to pull them bootstraps, they're gonna pull them up. Though when it's time to go to work, they're gonna go to work. That's but it's always it.
3: time to go to work for them.
2: Very. They don't
3: relax. Yeah, it's always work time for them. Take the edge off and Just get your feet bit. off my couch. <laughs> All right. Uh, this story, the more I think about it, I mean, I gave it some seriousness. I really gave it the thought that, that, that was necessary because it was a news story. Lakers get swept by the Denver Nuggets. LeBron goes to his press conference and says, I got a lot to think about, to be honest with you, he said. To be honest, I got a lot to think about with basketball. Then he tells Dave McMenamin, yeah, retirement's on the table. I mean, you know, I got to think about it. So I gave it the weight that it needed. Kurt Heelan and Rita. Then I started thinking about it some more. Okay, LeBron, Nike, Spring Hill. He's a show person. There is going to be no retirement under the radar. This is going to be a Spring Hill, Nike production. They're going to have a film. They're going to audition actors. Who's going to play LeBron in our retirement film? It may be a 10 part series on Hulu. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they're going to there's going to be a writer's room involved. They're going to be costume designers set designs. It's going to be the script. It's going to have all kinds of stuff. There's no way in hell. LeBron James is just going to be in the summer of 2023. We're going to wake up one day in June or July and LeBron puts out a three-word statement. Or, 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 two paragraph statement that I'm retired. Kurt, do you agree with me? I mean, there ain't no way. LeBron is all about the moment. He's performative. He needs attention. That's what he raised by Akron, polished in L.A.
5: That's who LeBron is. He needs a production. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a documentary, though. It's going to be like. Every week or every two weeks during the season, like it's going to be like I don't know, Wrexham or something, where like every week on Hulu or on Peacock or wherever, stuff just going to show up. Um, I, I was in the room when he said that, and there was a people looking around, and it took me about like, is he serious? Like, there was, does he mean that? But I pretty quickly came to the conclusion, a look, man, he just played all but 40 seconds of 48 minutes at age 38, he was exhausted, he was. He put up a, almost a 40-point triple-double. I had 40 points, like one assist short or one rebound short. He was frustrated. But it was also, man, to me, that was a leverage play. That was a, hey, Rob Palenka, did you see what I just had to do to get us to a loss? Like, you got to go get me more help. And I think that's where the – look, what he was saying was, man, I, I've still got – I can still dial this up a little – but I can't be your number one option every night, 82 games. Go get me somebody. I don't think it was I think it was that. It was the one-year contracts in Cleveland. I don't think it was a retirement thing. I think I think you're spot on about that though, Michael Man. There's gonna be a farewell tour when it comes, isn't there? Yep. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's what I think too. I mean, there's no way LeBron doesn't do like a tour so people get to see him for the last time, right? As our good friend Vince uh, Goodwill said, he called him Le Cap. You know, the young people like to yeah. say cap for everything. So he called him Le Cap. James, because we know that this is not going to end the way that he's saying. But I do have a question in regarding to, you know, you said that you feel like this is a message to Rob Palenka and to getting some help. What would those options look like? We've seen some rumors going around about, oh, you know, clutch sports uh, member um, Trey Young was at the game. So now there's people having rumors about that. I'm curious to know what direction you think that the Lakers would go in that regard.
5: That is the million dollar question. Um, and by the way, the other, you you are wise to think a clutch client could not, would not be at the forefront of whatever that list looks like. It's much more likely than Kyrie Irving, where I can tell you whatever LeBron thinks of bringing back Kyrie and his ability to kind of keep him in line. Laker management just, man, they've still got the scars from giving up all their assets for a third star in Russell Westbrook. They're not going to repeat that mistake. Um, Gray Young's a little more interesting, although I've heard that that's not really where Atlanta's leaning right now. Um, but they've got to go get somebody. Um, Fred, I, I, they, and it's not, look, there's like Fred Van Fleet's out there. There's some shot creation guys who are free agents, but they're not really going to have the money to get those kind of guys unless they want to not bring back Austin Reeves, not bring back Rui Hachimura, the things they want to do. It's going to be a trade. It's why I think they bring Michael Beasley back to trade his salary. I think it's some kind of trade to get another. They don't need an elite shot creator. They just need somebody to be a slightly better version of what D'Angelo Russell was. Or maybe they just settle on D'Angelo Russell. But something like that. Isn't that ultimately what they need? They just LeBron can help you when it matters. But Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. LeBron's going to miss 20 games next year because he's 39. You got to. You got to go get somebody.
3: Yeah, that's right. So we we talked about the Lakers uh, and this is Michael Malone's point. It was this point after game one. Game Two, and game three
2: (laughs) all the narrative.
3: He's mad all the damn narrative. Y'all keep talking about the Lakers. And you say this about Jokic. Now Rita put in her her feed that Jokic is a real MVP. You said you were in the room for LeBron's comments, which means you were in crypto.com arena when you saw Jokic bull his way to the basket for the winning hoop. And you saw what he did in that series yet another triple double in game four. Is there anything that was there any statement that Jokic made? Did he need to make a statement in the Western Conference
5: Finals? How did you see it? He doesn't play it that way. I think for his legacy that this was an important year, like he had to prove that beyond just being an MVP, when everybody was healthy around him, he could lift them to the next level, and he has done that. I mean, he's gotten them to the finals with... Yeah, he bullied, him, by the way, his shot into that. And then it was vintage Jokic. He just kind of was off balance and flipped it up. And was you're like, somebody makes that on the playground, you're like, oh, come on, man. But he does that every time down, it seems. Um, I, Yeah, he, he got it. He got what they needed. But he doesn't really care. I, I He really... Well, everybody says, like, Joel Embiid did the whole I don't care about the MVP, and then he's, like, t- crying when he gets it. He clearly cared. Jokic really doesn't care. If Like, if Jokic walked away from this tomorrow and just raised horses in Serbia, I, I think he'd be good with it.
4: <laughs> but, listen, he already has two MVPs, so I can understand why he's like, yeah. I mean, you know, another one under the belt. I'm sure that winning a championship now is the next thing yeah. in line for him. And like you said, he has healthy talent around him now. Jamal Murray, obviously, I mean, killed the Lakers in the Lakers series, which really catapulted them in a big way. You know, I know we're having conversations about Um, what this finals could look like. And I've seen people have a conversation about, oh, what the ratings would be. And every time I see a conversation about the ratings, they've come out and people have been wrong. You know, I saw people say, (laughs) well, the Warriors aren't in the um, conference finals. And then you see that there was like, you know, a surplus of people that watched the conf the Western conference finals this year already from last year. And I, I, I do think that this is good for the NBA, you know what I mean? I I feel like Jokic is a superstar. I I think that this is finally the time that Denver can put themselves on a map in a list of a potential dynasty uh, in in that regard. And so whether or not the Celtics or the Heat wins, it doesn't matter. I just feel like Jokic within himself, people want to see him. He does not look aesthetically like a basketball player, but he Mm. is just (laughs) extremely dominant in everything that he does.
5: No, he really doesn't. (laughs) But he's a really... Fun personality. Um, it, he's an enjoyable look. Like, it was fun watching him warm up before the game. And every team has to, if you've got a guy like Jokic, they've got to have like a seven foot, six ten guy on the training staff to just get beat up in warm-ups every day. And that guy had to step away for something, and the last shot came over like at a six-three assistant, like who had to go out there and try to And Jokic backs him down, dunks over him, and then gives the assistant the too short thing and walks off the court. It was hysterical. <laughs> He's out there having a blast. And I think it more they can capture that personality, I think people will warm to him. But I think where the NBA seems headed with the new CBA, with a lot of things they're doing now, is where what the league you cover more has mastered. The NFL is parody. The NFL is any given Sunday. And doesn't it feel like this NBA season might be the start of the NBA doing more of that, the new CBA, where it's going to be hard to put together, hard, harder to put together and maintain super teams over any stretch of time. That's the goal, I think, for Adam Silver, right? He wants some of that parody.
3: Mm, I don't know. I don't know if he does. I think, I think what he wants, he's, I think he's caught in between. I think he mm. represents owners who want the parody, especially in smaller markets. They don't want to lose their players to LA, yeah. New York, Phoenix, yeah. uh Miami. So the, a lot of those guys don't want to lose it. But then he also is partnered with ABC ESPN and ratings matter to them. So parity uh, uh you know, look, if you had if you had this year in the NBA finals if you had Sacramento taking on Cleveland. Oh, it's good. Good story. Hey, Sacramento Kings in the NBA Finals for the first time and, and the Cavaliers, this young core, uh, good basketball story. I don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> difference, Kurt, is that, the difference in that, is though, that what right? Adam Silver wants that? I mean, c- but come on, Holly. The difference, though, is that like, we know who Jokic is, though. Like, who, who are we rooting for with the Cavs? And Sabonis? Like, with the Kings? Like, they're not on the same level, so
5: yeah, yeah. I, I, they, they do have to transition, though. I think it's something the league needs to find a way to do. They, they, Giannis is kind of a transition guy. Um, they need Luka Doncic back on this stage. They, they, they need to get. I think they can do a better job with, with Jokic. Uh, then there's, you know. Jimmy Butler is going to be a good story if that's who it is. Jason Tatum's a good story. in the Celtics, if they come back, that's a good story. Um, I don't – do we really think that they're going to string together three games in consistent fashion like they've done all season? Because they haven't. But, sure, maybe but, they can come back. <laughs> that said, doubtful. it's a good story either doubtful. way, right? <laughs> yeah. They'll take the story either way. But the storylines are there. But I think they're trying to transition from LeBron Curry – and, and some of the guys who just retired to and Durant is kind of in that older group to the younger generation of stars and those stars, John Morant, Luka Doncic, where were they this postseason?
3: Yeah, well, let me ask you this: uh, these guys aren't stars; they're 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 sideline stars. We talked about one of them, Eric Spolstra, you know, the, probably that the, the best coach, not probably the yeah. best coach remaining yeah. in these playoffs. And, and I like Michael Malone a lot, but Spolstra has really proven himself over a longer period of time and has championships uh, to back it up. But I'm wondering, what the hell is Milwaukee doing? Now, let's go back. Milwaukee fires Mike Budenholzer because they lost in the first round to the Miami Heat. So they lose in five games to Miami. Giannis got hurt in the series, they won the championship two years ago. They extended Bud, and now they fire him. And I hear Kenny Atkinson is one of the names. So, so hold on, hold on. So you fire Mike Budenholzer to bring in Kenny Atkinson? No disrespect, but but damn, like Okay, what do you accomplish yeah. If you fire if you fire Budenholzer to bring in Adrian Griffin, what's your pl- what are you trying to do? What's your what message have you sent to your players? I don't get it,
5: uh, Kurt. Hey, they probably sit in the fire I've, Budenholzer. I've heard Griffin is around in part because he's a Giannis guy. Giannis, that's a guy Giannis likes and respects, and that, that gets you down the road a little ways. But I think it's a fair question. Budenholzer, if, if, if you're talking about somebody like Atkinson as coming in for the Bucks, he's a Budenholzer guy. He spent four years on his staff in Atlanta. Like, that way, it's one of those, like, what? different – it's a different voice, but it's not actually different. That's not okay. Like, that's – that's not – I think they've got to go with Nick Nurse. And, by the way, this is where I think the coaching staff thing is. Nick Nurse is a, getting interviewed in Philadelphia. He's getting interviewed in Phoenix. He is getting interviewed in Milwaukee. He's about to be the bell of the ball, and he's the domino that falls, Right. And then, then Phoenix can go and, and hire Doc Rivers to take them over the line because if you want one guy to really take you that last mile, <laughs> oh, we got jokes.
3: Oh, we clowning
5: oh. now. <laughs> oh, we clowning. I was like,
3: hey, wait a minute,
4: hey, but, this gotta be sarcasm, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, and, and, I, and I, I wonder, but I wonder. It, how about Doc and Chris Paul? They did they make up? Are they cool now? Because they couldn't stand each other think, for a while. I don't that,
5: think it was ever that bad between them. I think that those two guys are professionals. Oh, okay. They ought to work together. I don't. Okay. I, there wasn't. I don't know that they're like. I was about to say having wine together, golfing together. Like Doc, I think Doc with Doc and Phoenix, they'll never practice because he'll just be on the golf course every day <laughs> during practice time. Um, but I, I think that. Look, everybody likes Doc. I don't think that that's going to go badly. I'm just not sure if he's the guy. Kenny Atkinson's not going. I I saw his name pop up in Phoenix. I'm like, really? You think Kevin Durant wants him back? Like, I don't, I'm not sure where. I just, it's interesting to watch the guys go after Nurse now. Like, that's Nurse. And then Monty Williams might take a year off. So if he's out of the mix, then where do you go? I feel
4: like in, in terms of the situation with Doc, right? And Chris Paul, if if you're winning, I feel like that that's the remedy for everything. So I, you know, it, yeah. it, it yeah. cures a lot of ailments. So even if there is a little bit of tension in between them, if they're doing well, then, you know, that, that makes everything yeah. feel better. But I think, yeah. I, like, I think I like Nurse better, though, in Phoenix. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm hoping that that's where he goes.
5: Nurse is the outside the box guy, right? That's why I think he makes sense for the Bucks too, or, or even feel like if you want somebody who's gonna do something different, it's nurse. The other guys are a little more conventional. Nurse is the guy who's willing to break the mold to, to make it work.
3: Yeah, and, and the Phoenix Phoenix was I'm scaring sorry. me though. You know, uh, Rita, Phoenix was scaring me because the new owner, the rookie, the one who was like trying to troll uh Jokic Jokic by hold on to the ball, rookie, <laughs> didn't like <laughs> Didn't like Monty Williams from the... start. Hey, he doesn't, doesn't like Monty Williams? Right, that's a what this like, Oh, strange.
4: What in this Watch guy, out his guy? But also, too, right? Like, wasn't his guy. I mean, you know, so now he gets yeah. to pick his own guy. But whoever comes in for Phoenix, uh, I hope that they are able to do... If this is the same roster, which I don't think it would be, I would hope that they can nah. do more less because... No, they're... Um, they're, no, they're, they're, they're
5: they're, they're that's going to change. It Aiden's okay. gone, maybe Chris Paul, it's going to be very different.
4: Yeah. Got to be. Got to be. Well, so on the way out,
3: Kurt uh, Heelan, we we need to know. Now you already threw it out there that it's going it's going to be a tough. It's a long road for Boston to come back against Miami. Your prediction for when and how this series ends. Is it in tomorrow night?
5: Game 6. No, maybe because it's Jimmy Butler and that guy just does not fear the road. But I think it's game six. They get back home and Jimmy's just like, I've had enough of this. They get a BAM game. Gabe Vincent's ankle is all the way back and uh, that's the game. I'm going six now. All right. You got heat and
3: six. Heat and six. Which was a controversial prediction at the beginning of the series. Now, well, yeah, I probably a little that's bit not of what a bit I had before look. the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I
5: jumped off real fast. I, I think my Celtics and five is not happening, man.
0: Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the
2: Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day!
5: Just tweaked my calf in the uh, a little pre-practice conditioning so I decided to take a take a bet day.
2: Keep you down
5: a while or a short time? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's too, too serious. I haven't been to OTAs in the last couple of years, so it's been nice to kind of be out here, be in the meetings, uh, speak up about certain things, little adjustments in the offense, and additional coaching points. Obviously got a long history with Nathaniel. So he gives me a lot of latitude to speak up in the meetings and, and just the opportunity to help out Zach and Tim and Chris in the room was a lot of fun.
3: I wouldn't say it's negative Rita. Tell me if you can relate to this. I don't know if it's negativity or if it's just looking at the reality of your existence as a sports fan and depending on what market you live in. Now, let's say you're a Jets fan. For example, let's say you're a Jets fan and let's say you're about 35 years old. So if you're a 35 year old Jets fan, let's see if my math is all right. That means you were born somewhere in the 80s. What 1988 right? nah, it's, that uh, right?
4: yeah, somewhere. Yes. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so about
3: 8788. All right. right. All right. All right. So so you're born in 1988. You've never seen your team in the Super Bowl. Your highlight, your highlight came when you saw your team make back-to-back conference championship games. Yep. They lost both of them. Of course, they lost both of them. Uh, you got the butt fumble uh, <laughs> as part of your existence. You saw that. That was hilarious. Um, you have missed the playoffs for a dozen years. So you haven't made the playoffs since you were in your 20s, your team. And then Aaron Rodgers, you get Aaron Rodgers, that took forever too. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to play for your team and it took five years for that trade to happen.
4: It seemed like it. Aaron Rodgers has also been in the league for over, this is like his 17th, 18th year, by the way. It's not like prime Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. You got
3: Aaron Rodgers late. And then (laughs) when he comes out there, he's got an injury in OTAs. First day. Like, I'm telling you, I. You tell me, Jets fan. What was your first? I want to know what your first thought was. Hey, this gonna be fine, or like, here we go again. What kind of Jets fan are you? All right, and I wouldn't even. If, I wouldn't even call it negativity. It's just like, of course, of course, this happens to us. We get, we get Aaron Rodgers late in his career. Old man comes out, and in OTAs, Aaron Short. Look at he's wearing. He's in shorts and shells. It's not even real football. And he's
4: hurt uh, in May. In May. I mean, better than September, right? I mean, you said it like, it's, you know, he got four months to recover. He should be okay. But the the irony of Come him, on. like, not going to OTAs in Green Bay for the last few years and then saying, Okay, new team, I'm a new culture, you know. It, I don't want to say new system because Nathaniel Hackett is his offensive coordinator. He clearly knows the system. Um but you know, I want to get acclimated with my teammates. So I'm going to, you know, be involved and then all of a sudden you get injured is uh, very uh, the irony is just crazy. And I know a few Jets fans, it does for them feels like uh, just another thing that we go through another mishap that we've gone through this is the story of my life as a Jets fan clearly I don't know any Jets fan that was around when they won the Super Bowl uh, so there's that and so they essentially and, know
3: and, and
4: by the way because look you forgot that it was a different you know like, I'm going to make a uh,
3: distinction we, we, know, got, we, got, we got to break it down okay. we, we have to break it down if the Super Bowl was played at two p.m. Eastern or Central Time, that's a different era, okay? When, when the Super Bowl <laughs> was played like in the afternoon, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when they had when the halftime show was like a marching band, they had, like the local high school, and they go, oh, here come oh here comes the big finish, the You're dude right. on the drum, boom, 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 right, marching band. Here we go. They go in a circle. It's not even choreographed. They didn't really. They didn't rehearse it. Uh, you know, people are like kind of paying attention to the, the halftime show and the thing. If you played in this, if your team played in the Super Bowl in that era, it doesn't really count. You so right. So I'm gonna say Super Bowl three. They weren't even. Want, they weren't even sure they wanted to call it the Super Bowl then. they were like, oh, should we call it the Super Bowl or the championship match between the American Football League and the National Football League? All right, come on.
4: It's so but, look, but look, they might have been around for Vinny Testaverde. They might have been around for Chad okay. Pennington. You know, so they've seen some good things happen, but clearly not enough good things happen. But this, to them, this is just another notch under the belt. And I have some Jets friends that didn't even want Aaron Rodgers, quite frankly. They are just like, nothing good is going to come from this. And ironically, Holly, ironically, uh Zach Wilson came in, obviously, for Aaron Rodgers and had a very good OTA. <laughs> I don't know. That. Now take that with <laughs> a grain of salt. I don't know how anybody is gonna <laughs> feel about that. But um, you know, we, we know what happened with the Zach Wilson stuff last year. I love year, it, right? Now so he figures it out. Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's figuring it out now. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Wouldn't that be something? Zach Wilson has a masterful OTAs and training camp making every yep. throw. He outperforms Aaron Rodgers, but now they're stuck. Now you got to <laughs> play Aaron Rodgers, even though Zach Wilson has figured it out. Now you figure it out after we trade. Uh, we, we trade for this guy and his big contract and all this stuff. Now I, Gary and Natalie, if you could you bring those odds back up one more time. I want to ask Rita about this. Those odds. Those championship odds are very interesting to me and you see the Jets on the list. They're fourth in the AFC after the big three. We all agree these are the big three. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, no argument there. The Jets at four above the Ravens. And, and I know you know the entire NFL, but you know, you're know you based in Baltimore. So tell me, honestly, do you think that the Jets look better on paper than the Baltimore Ravens?
4: No. Listen, I I, you know, and I I say, listen. I, I understand why they think that, but um, I you know, I understand Aaron Rodgers. I get it. I understand Sauce Gardner. I get it. I understand that there's some guys that there's some familiarity for, um, but outside of Lamar Jackson, we just gonna act like Mark Andrews is in a world class tight end, top two tight end in this league. Uh, We're going to act like Roquan Smith isn't one of the best linebackers right now in this league. We're going to act like Marlon Humphrey didn't allow any touchdowns uh, on his side of the ball last year. We're going to act like the Ravens don't have one of the best offensive lines and run the ball extremely well, so there's going to be more balance there. It's very interesting to see that they're catapulted the Ravens. Not only just that, are they even better than the Miami Dolphins? I mean seriously. Right. They got some of the fastest dudes and they made some moves too this offseason. I know that Tua is the biggest question mark there due to his health, but if Tua is healthy, do we really think that the Jets are better than the Miami Dolphins? Uh, like, and this is a legit question here cuz I don't.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look, look there's some there's some needle threading that that happens with great teams that we're just kind of leaving out. I feel and that, that's really been my problem with the Aaron with the Aaron Rodgers-Jets story, it's, well, they had a great defense last year. The Jets did great defense. Now, if they just had a good quarterback, hell, they would have challenged the Bills, and they beat the Bills last year with <laughs> Zach Wilson. They, 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 So now you've been in Aaron Rodgers, instead of losing 10 games, now they'll win 12. And I, there's just so much more that goes into it, as you pointed out. I mean, it's not just, Uh, like with with the Ravens, the quarterback that they have, if they can keep him healthy and the offensive line that they have uh, and the defense that they have, how about the coaching staff? How about the operation? And the Ravens haven't been themselves. They haven't won a championship in 10 years, but they're a team that is in champion. They are a championship organization. I think we all agree with that. They're a team that that's their aspiration. They, They get used to it. They don't brag about losing in the conference championship game as the good old days, good old days when they actually won the Super Bowl. And so I wonder if the Jets, the Jets might be setting themselves up and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I live in and live in Boston and Boston and New York. There's a little, there's always a little friction. I love New York. I do. I really do. Um, But I think that I, I would bet against the Jets. I would take any kind of odds. I, yeah. I would bet against them because it's a lot to come from seven and 10 all the way to conference championship contender. Even if you got Aaron Rodgers, that's a long that is a long way to go from the bottom of your division to conference championship contender. When you when your competition didn't get old Patrick Mahomes ain't he's in his prime. Yep. Joe Burrow still in his prime. But like, Josh Allen's still in his prime. And as you're out, Miami looks pretty good too.
4: Yeah, that's all so, I'm saying. I don't know. Look, look, look. We don't even know if Aaron Rodgers, you know, is going to be able to stay healthy. We have no idea. Aaron Rodgers, yes, he is a phenomenal quarterback. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. We're all aware of that, right? But we don't know how this is going to work. Again, the AFC East is not just something that you you can just say, oh, okay, they might be the third best team in the AFC East. They literally could be competing for second or third in the AFC East. So I'm not sure why we're catapulting. I mean, I I am sure. I understand why. the, the I get the logic. I'm saying that it's a flawed logic because Aaron Rodgers is not a year younger. He's getting a year older and you're we just really don't know how this is all going to pan out in addition to the fact that there's younger quarterbacks in the same division with just as much talent if not better talent than what the Jets have right now so I mean look I get it I, it, it sounds cute but like you said <laughs> right my home's got to be thrown off this th- Look, good luck to you Aaron Rodgers you are in a, a plethora of of uh, quarterbacks in this conference. You should have stayed in the NFC where it would have been a much easier path to get to the Super Bowl, sure. but yet you wanted to make it hard for yourself and come to the AFC that's already clearly full of good quarterbacks over here.
3: Well, let me say this, a- a- and Gary and Natalie, if you could do me a favor and bring up that uh, Aaron Rodgers, that one uh, picture where you had the pre-practice injury, they said something like that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the description of the injury. And I, as you pull that up, I'll say what I really love about a, a job, any job, Rita, it's a job that you can learn on the job every day. I learn on this job every day, listening to you, uh, listening to Mike, wh- whoever I'm working with on a particular day, I learn from them every day. I love that. And I love I love, I love a job where you can laugh. Um, what's a pre-practice?
4: There it is.
2: <laughs> Tweet cat. <laughs>
4: be in his favor, though, because as a person who is, of age, you know, sometimes you got to stretch before the stretch. Okay, <laughs> now you know Aaron Rodgers is at the age he got a free stretch before the
2: yes, real sketch. stretch. Oh.
4: <laughs>
2: okay, oh, you,
4: you know how this goes. You gotta oh. you gotta put the stretch in before you put the real stretch in, right? So he must hold on, y'all. I'm almost started. ready. Wasn't ready Ooh. yet. Wasn't ready I'm yet. I'm almost ready. Hey, man, somebody got to tell Aaron. Somebody, Aaron got to call Tom Brady or something because I know there's a regimen for people his age and that still plays football that he can still stay in shape. He can't just do these things like he used to. He got to do some hey free, free work now.
3: It's May. It's May. You in shorts.
4: It's May. <laughs> it's May. <laughs> Get some ass stretches, exercises.
3: All right, Rita. I I wasn't surprised, but I was disappointed. Not surprised the NFL owners uh, decided to flex Thursday night football with notice, like that 30-day notice, 28 days, and they can flex Thursday night football games. What did you think of it? I see in your uh, feed that you say you're not a fan. Why not?
4: Not a fan, Um, you know, the NFL likes to try to tell us that they are about player safety, yet they continue to do things that shows that they are not about player safety. They added an additional game without expanding the roster. That is not player safety to me. Then you decide that you want to add, you want to do these flexes with Thursday night football. I don't care if it's 30 days out. It is not safe to do that. And then ultimately, what about the people that make their plans to go to these games? They don't matter, That's right. they don't care. That's they right. have to now change their plans because you decide from a TV perspective that this is a better matchup to put on than what you originally had. Well, that's not fair. And that's saying to us, the the people that actually invest in going to the games that you don't care about those people. You care about what the networks want and the networks think because they're the ones that giving you top dollar. I just think that this is a bad look all around. And uh, I, I really I, I, I never liked the Thursday night football ideal from the beginning. It's always been something that I've been against because I feel like player safety is not something that's being practiced with these types of games. But really, this makes, to me, just it further pushes the narrative that they don't care about players.
3: That's yeah, it. All, it, all it took was a couple of owners, a couple of owners to say, now we can't do this, but it passed 24 to 8. Only a couple of yeah. owners needed to say, or one, said, now we can't do this. And I think it would have saved the NFL from itself. In uh, a little bit of time we have left, I know you're excited about college football. It seems like you're probably picking Ohio State to win the national championship. This <laughs> no, year, no, 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 100 no, no. One hundred days from college football. No, no.
4: What? No, no. no uh, unfortunately, not. the Gator fan in me has to accept the fact that Georgia, until somebody brings them down, they're going to be the new Alabama. And I hate to say that, but I'm looking forward to all the great games. T minus one hundred days. I'm excited.
3: That's how my new year started. My first moment of the new year was watching that kick go way left, way left for Ohio State. That's how my year started. It's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal